This podcast is for women who believe that laughter is the best medicine and honesty is the best policy. This is the Mel and Kel Show. Join us each week as we share real conversations in real life as only girlfriends can do. Melissa Webb. And I'm Kelly Hatcher, and together we are the Mel and Kel Show. We've been friends for a very long time, and I mean very long time. Long enough to know that life's ups and downs, well, they are best when shared with others. So join us each week as we talk about all things good and bad related to friendship, family, and everything in between. We are so excited to spend time with you. Well, good morning, beautifuls, and welcome to another episode of the Mel and Kel Show. We are hoping that you are safe and loving life and looking for the positive in our crazy world that we're living in right now. Mel, how has your week been this week? Well, it's kind of been an interesting one, hasn't it? Like the world, I mean, 2020 is always going to be remembered, right? It's a star. Start of a new decade, and it has been crazy basically since the very beginning. Such yeah. a such a wild world that we are living in, and um, my constant prayer is that love prevails, that okay. just love prevails. We just need to love people. Yeah. It's pretty simple. I'm ready to start hugging people again, even strangers. I just think we all, I need some hugging. I need some loving that way as well, just to open it up. I saw this really, really funny. Um, I don't, what is it? Um, not, uh, a meme? no, what, what is it called? Meme? A meme? Meme. Thank you. How did you know that's what I was thinking? That's Kelly, so we finish each other's <laughs> sentences. Yes, it, that is true. So I saw this meme, meme, meme with an M, meme. And, um, it was Back to the Future, uh, Michael J. Fox and the professor, and the mm-hmm. professor sitting in the, it's not a Lamborghini, but whatever that car was, the, you know, the time machine car. DeLorean? <laughs> that one. <laughs> exactly. It's kind of like a Lamborghini. And so, so he's sitting in there and he's pointing to Michael J. Fox and the, the saying says, whatever you do, don't hit 2020. <laughs> And I thought that's so appropriate. I loved it. I love when we can find a little humor in in a very sad time that we're in right now. So I like the happiness and I'm so excited today to actually talk about happiness with you. So um, let's jump on in and let's talk about, you know, we're talking about, are you really happy or are you faking it? Are you, you know, we keep saying, or I keep saying, fake it till I make it, but Today, we're going to go a little bit deeper into that. Like, what is being fake? Are you, are you a phony? Are you, are you a phony, Mel? Tell us what you think. Yes, sometimes I'm a phony baloney. <laughs> I absolutely uh, am. I, and I, you know, I'm going to put the question right back at you. But I actually love that we're going to take a deeper dive. So this whole month, we're comparing happiness versus joyfulness We've had a little bit of talk about that, heard some great feedback. People love Jenny, and I really feel good that we've probably opened up um, some eyes to just other things that people struggle with in their lives. So hope you guys loved that one. If you haven't, be sure to go back and listen to episode 21. You'll love her too. Um, But this week, we decided we would just take a closer look at happiness 
and specifically the fake happy. Because I have my opinion, but I want to know, Cal, what you think. Do you think all people, like everyone, fakes happiness at some point in their life? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, and if you, oh no, I'm always happy. I'm going to call BS on that. There, I mean, we, how many people tell you, hey, how are you doing? People say that without even really caring how you're doing. They just say, hey, how are you? And what is it? Like 96% of people will say, oh, I'm fine or I'm great. When, you know, horrible things may be happening in your head or at your home or at school or with your children. So yeah, 100%. I believe everybody in some situation of their life fakes happiness. Yeah, I think but so I think too. It's a healthy thing, personally. Well, and, and, yeah, I don't think that's bad. And that's what I was going to say is I don't think it's bad. Um, you know, that's a social greeting that is a cultural thing. Hey, how are you? Is very just a socially accepted thing to say to somebody. And it's also very socially acceptable to uh, repress <laughs> any negative feelings if okay. this is not somebody that you would share private issues with. Right. You would just be like, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah. How are you? And smile on our face. Right. Fake that smile. Right. Because, you know, it, it is socially acceptable. But one of my questions, like, I wonder how young people are when they start doing it. Because I can think of kids who like get a present. I can remember this specifically with Tyler. Tyler getting a present when he was young. He was like, like when they're really young, they're like, oh, I didn't want this. <laughs> they don't right. it at all. <laughs> and then the but, mom's like, Jake, stop that. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're so rude. <laughs> right? And we teach them to fake their happiness. Oh, we teach them to you say thank you or you're going to get swatted <laughs> on your uh, little behind when we're oh done. Uh, so at what point do children actually go, Thank you, Aunt Mary. <laughs> I love it. It's what yeah. I always wanted. Yeah. Right? And at first, so first kids don't fake it. They're just like, I didn't want this. And then they go through this phase of like, thank you so much. And you're yeah. like, Eddie Haskell. Yes. And then they get <laughs> then they get good at it. And they're like, yeah. oh, thank you so much. Yep. Then you became an actor and you're like, oh, you should get mm -hmm. paid for that one. Well, I can tell you, I just went and gave my... Um, my, well, both of my nieces had birthdays this week, but my eight-year-old niece, Chloe, when she opened, there were three presents I got her. And the one was um, a jewelry kit, like making jewelry, like the braided, uh -huh. like I have one on, like making those kind of bracelets and stuff. And I, they were talking that they make it for all their friends. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get this one that had all this. And when she opened it, she literally looked at her mom and, and like opened it and then looked at her mom. And I'm like, yep, that was obvious. I screwed that one up. That is not what she wanted. <laughs> and so, you know, I, I, so eight years old, they're right at that cusp. <laughs> to answer your question, I figured it out as of this week. I love it. So she wasn't rude about it. She wasn't like, I didn't was want not. this. No, this is not the wrong at all. one, Auntie yeah. Cal. <laughs> like, mom, cover me. Cover me, mom. Cover me. Uh, but she's not phony yet. She's nope. not, she's not <laughs> oh phony. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. 
I just love it. And again, I don't think, I hope people aren't going to be like, oh, Melissa and Kelly think that that's a bad thing. Uh, Again, I think it's a socially, culturally accepting, accepting thing. And it's something that we just need to be aware of. And it's something that we need to think about. You know, I love thinking about my thinking. I'm reading a new book. Hold on. What? You're reading a new book? (laughs) And you're probably listening to 15 podcasts at the same time, my multitasker who's getting every <laughs> amount of engagement in that brain of yours. I don't know how you do it. So tell me about your book. You know, I, here's the thing. Hold on. Am I going to laugh? Oh, you're totally going to laugh at me. You're going to, yeah, you're going to, go. you're going to judge me. <laughs> <Big> <laughs> All right, go. I'm already excited. <laughs> uh, but I, ha- I have to say this first that I don't know if you agree with me, if our listeners agree with me, but I think addiction is a human tendency. And the difference for all of us is what we may find ourselves addicted to. Some things are acceptable, some things are healthy, some things are unacceptable, and some things are unhealthy. I think people can be addicted to going to the gym, but people aren't going to frown upon it because it's good for their health or their body. I'm addicted to reading and learning and listening. It's an addiction of mine, but nobody's going to criticize me. They might laugh at me a little bit, Cal, but they're not going to be worried about me. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that's true? Do you think everybody deals with addictions? No, not at all. (laughs) No, no, not at all. No, I, I totally disagree with that. Because addiction is uh, more than a love. Uh, You, to me, I think you love learning. You, you crave it. You love it. But an addiction, um, and you know, I've I've got a son, (laughs) and I've done a ton of research, and I go to Al-Anon, and I go to everything I could at different times of my life, learning what addiction is. An addiction is it's a disease and it is, you know, I don't have that, uh, that um, gene, whereas my son does. And I can sit, there's nothing in my life that I can't stop if I need to stop it. Like if I, you know, I used to party a lot and um, I got to a point where I started getting ready to do my student teaching. And I was like, Oh shit, I can't do this stuff anymore. And I could stop. I think for you, you could stop learning if something happened in your whole world, like, I, you know, God forbid something happened to someone in your family that was close that, but I guarantee you, your learning would stop for a while until you could, could wrap your heart and soul around losing somebody. If you were an addict, you would still need to be shooting up, even though someone died in your family or even though something. So addiction to me is, um, I, I don't want to use that word for me. It's a, it's a personal feeling for me. This is how I look at addiction. And yes, you can. I've had people in our family that have been addicts and they've gone from one addiction to another and not always like, um, clothing could be an addiction or, um, like, you know, at someone in my family loved candles and we went and, there were like over 250 candles in in the house when we, there was other addictions as well, but I really don't think 
addiction is a love. I think that's totally a different of, um, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for, but so no, for me, it's not, I, I don't think you're addicted. I think you have a love for learning. Which is what I thought before talking to you, what I thought addiction was like, I think of people who are addicted to gambling. They love gambling. They love that high. Like it doesn't always have to be a drug. Like I thought people could be addicted to food and they overeat and they overeat and they overeat um, because it brings them pleasure that it's a love. I love food. Not a love. I love food. I love food so much. Mm-hmm. I could, I, yeah, I love it, but I could stop it. Addiction is you can't stop it without getting help whether it's self-help, whether it's a rehab help, whether it's a doctor, whether it's medication, but you cannot control it by just saying, okay, I'm done. I mean, that's usually not an addiction. That's just usually, you know, and there was a time in our life that we thought, okay, Jake was just using just to get attention until we learned more about it. And then, you know, it got to a point where it, didn't stop and you need, he needed help. He still needs help. Like it's not something, and you're going to live with that for the rest of your life. So when you say you're an addict, Mm -hmm. even though you're a recovering addict, you still live with it the rest of your life. You are considered an addict. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I definitely know that for sure. Alcoholics that, you know, we know are having the family got that totally understand that. Yeah. Well, I have, I do have a love for learning and it would be a very hard thing for me to stop. It would affect my emotional well-being. So you said, could I stop? I could stop, but it would change who I am. I, w- I would really struggle with losing that in my life because it brings me a lot of joy. It's something that, um, I see a lot of value in and, um, yeah, I love to learn. And the book that I'm reading, that you'll tease me a little <laughs> bit about. You just went around a big one. I'm sorry. I know that's not where you were going no, with that. I love, I yeah. love that this is not a scripted show. <laughs> I love that. And I mean, hopefully we get conversation going. Somebody will be like, yeah, good thing Kel's there. She's helping Melissa stop being so naive. <laughs> no, not at all. Or somebody will be like, oh, Kel, I would have been thinking more like Mel was like, and it did, right? Like this is the real conversations that girlfriends have. And I love that. I absolutely love that. We, we, we just go off of a conversation that you and I would really be having. Like that's a real conversation. This is us. Right. Absolutely. Totally. Totally. (laughs) And then we'd go, then we'd be like squirrel. So did I tell you what the book was that I was reading? Were you reading a book? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So it's called The Power of the Subconscious Mind by Dr. Joseph Murphy. Have you read it? (laughs) Squirrel. (laughs) I need to paint my toenails. Squirrel. (laughs) No, Mel, I have not read that. It's amazing. You should. (laughs) So... I love reading. (laughs) Here's the thing. So Dr. Joseph Murphy... Um, he's not alive anymore. I'm pretty sure he published this back Aww. in 1963. So he was already a smart, experienced doctor back then. And that was, you know, over 50 years ago. So, um, it's amazing. It's a totally amazing book because 
It talks about the difference between our conscious mind, which he explains is like the watchman at the gate, right? Our conscious mind, we use all of our senses to make logical reasoning decisions and we decide if we're gonna let it in, right? That's the, a thought is out on the outside of us. We've got our, you know, our uh, watchman at the gate who we have to make sense, like, are we gonna let this in? And if we let the suggestion or thought in, it goes into our subconscious mind, right? And that's like our deeper belief system area. And he talks about hypnotism, right? And you remember like when you and I have gone to like hypnotist shows, they're like the best, yeah? <laughs> I think that was one of our funniest times. Your ex, <laughs> when he got up at the Del Mar Fair and yes. he was doing things that were so out of his norm yeah. You and I were dying laughing because that it was so not who he was. That was yes. fun. I like that kind of stuff. I mean, like seriously, tears running down the face, laughing so hard. Yeah, that's that's, that's just cool awesome. Stuff. People don't if like you, that. A lot of right, people I wanna, don't like it. I yeah, I I want to go to another show. I would never volunteer. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't think I would allow it to happen. I could volunteer, but mm -hmm. I'm so freaking hard headed. I know mm -hmm. while they're trying to, you know, say it, like we've done it at grad nights when we would see seniors right. and we would watch some of them and some of them that are strong, hard-headed kids, they couldn't get hypnotized because they would not release that. Uh, I don't know. Watchman at the gate. Oh, Watchman at the gate. I'm yeah. telling you, this is the connection. So, and that's exactly what he talks about at the beginning of the book in the first few chapters, he talks about how, some people can be hypnotized and some people can't. And a lot of that is because of the watchman at your gate. You know, he tries to, a, a good hypnotist is going to relax you in such a state that he's trying to put the watchman to sleep. Now, if you have a really strong watchman, he's going to be like, oh no, not on my shift. Yeah, I got I'm a bouncer. I got the yeah. big old buff bouncer at my gate. You do, right? Because you're going to be like, I'm not letting that suggestion yeah. in. It's staying out. But for people who that suggestion can go into the subconscious, here's the amazing part. They will believe after they come back to, and now you've got the watchman at the gate back awake again. Mm -hmm. When the hypnotist says, you know, you're, when I, when I say the word, you know, applesauce, you're going to think it just dropped to zero degrees. Right. Right. And right, so, right. He says it and, and literally people are like so cold. They're like shaking, right? And it's because your subconscious is going to do what your conscious mind says is true. But that will only be if your watchman lets the thought through. This book is mind-blowing. I love it so much. And it's so powerful in that if we can choose what we put in our subconscious mind, which we can, we can put lots of good stuff in there that is going to empower us, that's going to make us just resilient, healthier, sleep better, like anything that you want to fully believe in your subconscious mind. It's a mind-blowing book. So again, I know somebody's like, I want to read that book. I'm going to link it. I'm going to link it in our notes. Kelly will not click the link. But for <laughs> anybody else that might want to read this book, <laughs> That, that soul sister that's listening, that go click the link. It's a really good book. 
<laughs> so do you think that then if you can make that into your subconscious, do you think that when people fake happiness that it can genuinely turn into happiness? I actually do. And there's actually two sides to this. There's research that supports both sides. So I think this is really fascinating. So there is actually research out there that supports that for some people, if you fake happiness, like let's say you're really feeling down and a friend invites you out to dinner and you're like, no, I don't really want to go. I don't really want to go. They're like, come on, let's just get you out. And so you go out and there's other people there you really don't know. Your friend knows that you're down, but the other people don't know. So you just put on the smile, you fake it. By the end, there are people who will go, I'm so glad I went out. I needed that. I feel better now. Right. But there's also research on the other side. And the other side says faking it actually can make things worse inside. But I think it comes down to two other things. How often is a person faking their happiness? And with whom are they faking their happiness, right? What do you mean by whom? Like strangers versus like if I called you and I said, hey, how are you doing? And you were faking it to someone who loves you like me versus a stranger. Exactly. I think that totally matters. Because like if it's a surface relationship, a casual relationship, and somebody asks how I'm doing, you know, it's, it goes back to that social acceptance that we talked about at the beginning. Like, I'd be like, I'm good. I'm good. Smile. Yeah. yeah. But if you're like, hey, you know what? I know what day it is. And I know that this time last year, such and such happened. And I know those things hit you. How you doing? I'm going to be like, <laughs> Kelly, yeah. I'm really struggling today. And I would like, right? And wow, I think that's that good. That was good how you just did that. That was like, whoa, on and off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's, that's what I think it is. Like, I think that the problem can be fake happy is only a problem if you're not reaching out to the people who really can support you. Right. If you're always being inauthentic and faking it to the point that you're, you're not addressing your own feelings and your own reality. But, but that's my thought. Well, and I think that's good. And we're going to close on that because I do believe as girlfriends and guy friends, like it's a really important part of who we are together is if someone, you know, is struggling and they, they're like, Hey, how you doing? And they say, fine, call them out, call the BS out. Like say, uh, you're, you're so full of it. I know yesterday was a crappy day. Let's talk. Like, it's okay. Don't, don't always take fine as their answer. You can add to that and making sure that the people you love are okay. And I, I think that's an important thing. You've called me out numerous times of literally calling me a liar. Uh, I know. <laughs> so In love, of course. Of course. Always love. Always love. Uh, so, you know, make sure that with people you do love and care about that you're there for them. And even if they say they're fine, Call him a liar like Mel does for me. It's okay. It's all, it's all out of love. I think that's an important part, though. I agree. I agree 100%. And uh, yeah, by all means, we'd love to hear what you think about this. We hope you have a really beautiful week. We hope that love pours over you in ways you didn't even imagine. And we hope that you feel the love that we have for all of you. Have a wonderful week, our friends. We will see you on the socials. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. If you would like to connect with Mel or Kel, be sure to follow them on Instagram at The Mel and Kel Show, or you can find them on their website at themelandkelshow.com. Thanks so much. Have a great day.